Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome to Fright School. Are you ready? Class is in session. Welcome back to Fright School Joe Takeover Month. Yes. Hello. Talofa! <laughs> As they say in Samoa. Ah, there we go. <laughs> wow, okay. Now, that was loud. Sorry. Now our listeners <laughs> can't hear anymore. Yes. So we're done. <laughs> Um, what can well, I say except you're welcome? There we which go. Which Joshua doesn't get yet <laughs> because he hasn't watched Moana. But there we go. Um, oh my gosh. I do think that should be our after Fright School special episode. Moana? Do, do Moana. I, That'd be fine. I would love that. Uh, just to keep in, in with the spirit. I had Lilium in my lap and she cut me. Look, I'm bleeding. Wow. You're bleeding. <laughs> Oof. She really she cut, cut you. Yeah. What did you do to her? How did you cross her? I was like, you know, she's a freak, that cat. She just sometimes just goes bonkers mm-hmm. and just tears around. Because she's a woman. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Um, yeah. So I'm kind of excited about the... Um, it's like not really a... F- Film. I mean, they put it all together so it was a film, but it started as like yeah. a series yeah. of like sort of short films. Um, this tennis, uh, the ancient ones, mm-hmm. um, you know that you had that you had us watch. Yeah. Um, but real quick before we get in, because we're changing it up a little bit, we're just going to kind of talk about the film. But I did want to ask you because I love anthologies. Mm-hmm. I love an anthology. Mm-hmm. What did you think of that? Did Is that you, your drag name, anthology? <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> And <laughs> never mind, <laughs> I can't get into this. Um, <laughs> Annie Graham, remember <laughs> that's that's my drag name. <laughs> I I can't unhear that now. I'm like, her name is Annie Graham. <laughs> sounds, you know that you know that TikTok uh, or that uh, that TikTok uh, guy who does like the drag queen names. Yeah, it sounds like like Annie Graham. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, I'm now thinking of like, you know, um, I want to be Annie Graham and then I come out and I do, um, I do like, what's that song? Extraterrestrial by, uh, Katy Perry, Katy Perry. But the opening is the monologue that, um, oh shoot. What's his name gives in, um, waiting for Guffman about, um, oh gosh, what's the guy's name? Uh, Corky, whatever. David, no, um. David Hyde Pierce. It's a he's a he he like has a cameo um, in it, but he's like in the field, like you know, t- the word Blaine that has like this many letters. If you move, if you move them around, what do you get? Nabali, Nabali, a planet in another galaxy where the aliens came. It's like stupid. <laughs> and then you're so hypnotizing. <laughs> And then the choreography is like the choreography from the from the show. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what the never happens on Mars. I don't know. We're we're coming up with a whole thing here now. What is that guy? See, this name? is us basically planning out the overdue fright school drag show slash ball. Mm-hmm. Exactly. We just need queens to like give us creative control of something. But yeah. Um, anyways, what was the point? The point was anthologies. David Cross, that's who I'm thinking of, uh, plays a UFO expert and waiting for Guffman. Anyways, um, aren't you supposed to be running things? I just thought I'd ask you about anthologies because we were, we watched a, an anthology today. Have we said that word enough? It's the, it's become the secret password. Is anthology? (laughs) 
Anyways. What do I think of anthologies? I personally really love anthologies, mostly because I love... I love the collect. I love a short story as a medium. Yeah. And so, like, one of my favorite books is a book of short stories. Um, it's called "The Importance of a Piece of Paper" by Jimmy Santiago Baca. Um, there we go. Yeah, it's really cool. It's like the, the one of the stories like is about like a family who is trying to find the deed to an ancestral to ancestral land, um, and that's the importance of a piece of paper. There we go. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's, um, it's, it, anthologies are great because you can, you can really have a variety of voices, a variety of representation. Yeah. Um, I love just the, the, like anything on a theme, like concepts on a theme and how do you explore that or, you know, manipulate that. And I think that this particular work that we're talking about today does that really well. Um, it's also the reason why I love Black Mirror. <laughs> right. Like, I, I love Black Mirror and how, like, everything is self-contained. You can have various styles, and you don't have to watch it in any particular order. You can watch it out of order. Um, I love a good through line. Like, yeah. I love when it's like, oh, it starts to make sense a little bit. And Yeah. Um, I forget what season. I think it's season three or four of Black Mirror that does that with the Black Museum at the finale at the very end. But, yeah. Love anthologies. Awesome. Well, that explains the choice, the pick for today. Yeah. I mean, I was like, okay. And, and, and the thing about it, right, is that like the, the work is, is kind of perfect for an anthology just because there's, there is uh, such a, like there's such a wide range and diversity of different Pacific Islander cultures that have similar types of stories that you can represent and tell and involve different people. And yeah. also just like having like from, let's say on a very logistical practical level, right. Employing like tons of industry people who are working, who are may identify in that space and may identify with those identities and having them bring them in, in in a way that's very intentional. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I, I really... I'm actually quite surprised and very pleased with the pick today. Uh, giving myself my own flowers at this point. Yeah, but, so you want to talk a, a little bit about it? Um, yeah. In, introduce it? So... This uh, work is called Tenesa. It is the Ancient Ones, as Joshua mentioned. It is a um, anthology series, of basically about like ancient female spirits from the Pacific, primarily like from uh, Melanesia, so the Maori people from Aotearoa, also known as New Zealand, um, Samoa. Uh, we have the Solomon Islands in here. And for those who don't know, right, like, so you have uh, the Pacific or Pacifica, as, like, uh, people are saying now, is split up into three different distinct regions. So Micronesia is where I am from, and Micronesia is Guam, the CNMI, or Commonwealth of Northern Mariana Islands, uh, Chuk Palau, Panape, um, that those particular islands. You have Polynesia, which more people are familiar with, because that's Hawaii with, you know, the Kanaka Maoli. Um, hold on, I want to see the other Polynesians, uh, the Polynesia Islands. So you have, uh, in Polynesia, so that's also, um, you get, uh, French Polynesia is also included in there. So the Marquesas, the Cook Islands, um, actually, technically, I guess Samoa, uh, oh, I am wrong. So Samoa and... Uh, New Zealand are included in Polynesia, so that's great. Ah, yeah. Um, I am happy to be wrong. Uh, <laughs> Melanesia. Uh, Melanesia includes... Uh, ah, so Melanesia includes New Caledonia, the Solomon Islands, so we do have one from the Solomon Islands here, Vanuatu, and New Guinea. And then... Micronesia's the Caroline, uh, the Carolinian Islands, Marshall, Kiribati, Micronesia, Palau. Yeah. So there you go. If you have no idea the words and <laughs> the places I just said, they are real. They exist. We exist. So please uh, take a look and go there. Uh, they would love you to go there. They're some of the more uh, remote places on 
uh, remote-ish places on Earth that only the people who are there like know about, and they're uh, worth worth visiting. Yeah. Uh, but this particular work, Tenesa, is um, is five different writers, directors that have telling five different stories. Uh, uh, contemporary horror. Uh, featuring these supernatural legends from across Polynesia, part of Melanesia. Um, so in the in the series, you have uh, the Samoan goddess uh, Telesa, uh, Haima of the Solomon Islands. Um, you have also Ahi. Uh, what is it? Ahi. I find the episodes here because it has all the names. I wish I was more prepared. <laughs> I know what it's like to be Joshua in this moment. Thank you, Joshua, uh, for your for looking at me. Uh, yeah, we have uh, Taputia, Ahi, Hayima, and then Sina. Uh, Sina, who is a uh, moon goddess, and it's the legend of Sina and Tuna. Uh, Telisa, yeah, is also in the first one too. So yeah, yeah, Telisa, yeah, you have. Uh, you have a lot of really good, uh, really good, awesome representations too. Awesome, like horror. I'm gonna be honest with you. Like, I would like if this was. This is definitely something that had like production. I think it was made with like grants and uh, with like the commission, uh, with a commission. Yeah, I thought I read that like Prime and um, Prime TV, right? Yeah, and. Like New Zealand, like yeah, there was a lot of forces behind this wanting to create work that spoke to these mythologies and also used and hired writers, actors, producers, everybody that comes from these this, areas. Yeah, this yeah. The, this realm. Yeah. Um, and again, so you know, the overall methodology is trying to. Uh, we're celebrating Asian Pacific Islander American Heritage Month, and the overall methodology that we're trying to work with is to find stories that are unique to um, Pacific Island, the, the unique to the American part of that experience, right? So Asian American experience, we got that with Ama. Um, Pacific Islander experience is difficult. <laughs> it's difficult to find. Um, it's not something that is, you know, mainstreamly available. We found this on YouTube, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So the full anthology you can find, it's hour long. It's uh, a total of five different stories. You can find it on YouTube um, all in one go. And... Um, Yes, it is difficult to find uh, uh, to find rep that representation uh, from a, a specifically American lens. Um, I encourage anybody who's listening to my voice right now, who if you have something or you know something, please, I would love to know that as well. Um, it also shows the thing I love about this one is that it also shows like the wide diversity and similar diversity and, and similarity as well yeah. of the folks from Pacifica, uh, just trying to, um, highlight that also one, we are not a monolith, right? And right. So very much, uh, showing that. And even the final story, which is about like a fire goddess, like it mentions how these different cultures all have, uh, a goddess of fire that is like a fierce protector of land and culture and um, showing those similarities, but at the same time also um, uh, exploring a unique or specific and unique story. Um, I really hope that one day we can have something like this for other areas of the Pacific, of other areas from Pacific Islander, uh, of Pacific Islander people, and then also potentially exploring what that would look like from an American lens. Um, there's a lot of, you know, really specific, like American Pacific Island stories. A lot of that could do with the military. Right. Um, because, you know, similar to, uh, similar to like folks from like the rural South, uh, who, you know, join the military as a way out or, you know, urban, very urban, uh, decay areas, uh, they join the military as a way to advance themselves and provide for whatever family they have. This is also something that's very true of like Guam and 
our story with related as it relates to military um, militarization, imperialism, colonialism, occupation um, as well. So uh, hope to see those stories one day. Yeah. But all of that to say, this particular film, uh, this particular anthology, uh, we watched it all in one go. And as we always do on Fright School, Joshua, what did what did you think? <laughs> um, I I enjoyed watching this. I thought this was very interesting because again, these are a lot of stories that yeah, I've not been exposed to, and you, we don't get um, them in horror so explicitly. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, again, they're pointing out um, through all these different conversations how these different uh, goddesses that were kind of met with in, in, in the film, um, how they're in all kinds of different cultures. And then you can see echoes of them in other cultures mm-hmm. too. You know, mm-hmm. similar beings, similar uh, protectors or defenders or gods, goddesses, you know, whatever. So I, I'm always fascinated by that because it's like, you know, there was, there has like way, way in like human history, we must have had like some kind of, you know, at one time maybe we were all in one place. And then as we, mm-hmm spread out and created new, you know, communities and built, you know, how the world is, we brought all these original stories that then echo and echo and echo into each other. So I really appreciate, um, kind of getting some information and education on the specifics of how these archetypes play out for, um, the various creators, uh, in, you know, in this, uh, in this realm that we're discussing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I really, really like that. And then of course I like the clashing with the modern again, you know, I know you talked about like, this is sort of trying to get some American perspectives and obviously no, none of these people are American that are creating this. I think they're all New Zealand based, right? New Zealand, I think New Zealand, Samoan, like the lot of that crossover, but yeah, I think, but this is a production of New uh, Zealand, New Zealand and, yeah. and with prime. And, um, but we can still see echoes of like, kind of like when we first talked about, um, burning, you know, the echoes mm-hmm. of like Western, um, and American values that are, are also kind of haunting these places now in, in interesting sure. ways and changing them. Yeah. So, um, there is this, there's always this clash and it happens here too, you know, between like traditional, you know, um, ancestral beliefs and, um, practices Mm -hmm. in like the modern age. Mm -hmm. Um, that's again, this is why I liked like American gods so much that series, because it Mm -hmm. really was struggling with these kinds of ideas of like old deities and new deities. And so this was kind of a fun way to see this sort of, uh, ancient culture, how how it operates in modern in the mo- in in modernity yeah yeah it did it was giving a lot of american gods influence yeah. um especially the second story with the guy who um oh, right the technocrat the kind of thing yeah. yeah um i think that like t- to your point again and and i think you, you know you made that you made that point very beautifully is the idea that like as we you have ancient um uh, ancient uh, gods, ancient references, and like you know, people in a culture that is very old, but then mixing that in with mixing that in with like m- the modern, and you see the influences. But that's also a, like a function of just like colonialism, right? So like, right, yeah, like Aotearoa, New Zealand being colonized by the British, Australia, and then also America having its own colonial power, and so kind of dealing. In a way, this is um, a related, adjacent American story, or because the story of America is also the story of an empire, is also the story of, of course, imperialism yeah. and colonialism. So, and the same, like yeah. the roots of it mm-hmm. are, are very similar. Yeah, and the other thing too, and like you were mentioning, like you know, if what if we were all in one place, but. I think the to take it a little to take it a step further and talk about like geography, it's like it's also the kind of flow and exchange with um, you know because the ancient people of the Pacific were like you know 
wayfair people that right. spread out oh, forever. Yeah. So it's like the ancient exchange and trade of the um, of that. It's it's similar to like how when people talk about this lot of like cultural similarities from uh, of like the East Asian countries as well too. Not yeah. only from occupation and colonialism, but when you go back a lot further to like the you know. Uh, to ancient times just like the trade that existed and all of that stuff yeah yeah of course um you know i just think about like you know millennia and millennia ago you know because it's like so many cultures have flood myths or you know fire myths or or things that it's like like did we at one time all share like a true collective consciousness Mm, that mm -hmm. sort of that sort of spread out but of course you i mean that's exactly how these ideas continue to spread. And as we grew as a species and um, matured and changed and started to really affect and change the world around us and spread Mm -hmm. that kind of knowledge. So it's just, it's really neat to see five stories rooted in very, um, in, in shared kind of philosophies and shared ideas. And even in, at the beginning of each segment, they would kind of give you just a real quick, you know, 10, 15 second, like, here's the goddess, here are the things associated with this goddess, um, even some other names for this goddess, if that was applicable, um, sure. which I really liked. So it's like it kind of, this gave you this, like, really quick history and religious spiritual education that you could kind of go and, sure. like, do more research if you wanted. It's like, oh, that was interesting. Like, I want to find yeah. out more about this. While also giving you little bite-sized... I mean, each segment was, what, 12 to 15 minutes yeah. of, you know, just... Some shorter than that, yeah. Some, yeah, but some little uh, experience of horror yeah. <laughs> with these... Uh, with these goddesses. Yeah. And I love the, like from a, from a femme lens, from like a female woman centered lens right. too. Um, speaking from my culture, right. So like the ancient Chamorro people were a, um, were a matriarchal matrilinear society. So like you could inherit and you can inherit along the wife, along your wife or the mother's line, as opposed to the man's line. Um, and that kind of respect for the feminine is very, or, you know, for women is very um, entrenched. And then when you get colonialism, uh, colonialism it will turn that on its head a little bit. Right. Um, and there's, a, it's interesting how that kind of, how that also manifests now, because there is such a devotion to the Virgin Mary on Guam because of its predominantly Catholic, because of our predominantly, you know, Catholic uh, demographic, but like the ways in which that we have still kept uh, that respect for the feminine, respect for women, respect for uh, that it alive in this, because uh, um, like the uh, like the, the a part- there's a particular incarnation of the Virgin Mary that is like the patron saint of Guam, and so like uh, and so people like have this. There's a lot of um, uh, worship of of her in that yeah. way, and it's almost like a way that we are keeping that alive. Um, in the same thing, like we did, like you know, the kind of the ways in which we sing our traditional songs that are Christian Catholic songs, but also is like very connected to the ancient ways of chanting and and how we do that is very. It's very interesting how whether intentionally or not it those things are still like uh are ways in which we keep that um i just you liken it to like how um enslaved africans in brazil right you know would turned their self-defense into dancing and that's how you get capoeira right right so similarly but i'm not again i'm not an i'm not a historian so don't quote me on that but it's just like ways <laughs> in which that we um have you can have like a unique a, a very specific and unique way of practicing religion and but that is also rooted in like ancient culture you know you get that with like santeria and yoruba you know it, with its influences right. in Catholic and yoruba culture yeah uh, from africa but anyway, let's go, let's, let's break these down one by one, right? So let's start from the beginning. Uh, so in Tenesa, the first one is uh, Telesa. You're kind of 
Oh, am I? There you go. There we go. Uh, <laughs> Tenesa. So we're starting from the beginning. Uh, the spirit goddess named Telesa, one of the ancient women, uh, the ancient, the ancient ones. Uh, so in this particular one, you have an artist who really wants Nana's, <laughs> really wants Nana's mat. <laughs> that is holds very significant purpose only because, you know, she's trying to use it for not so great things or, you know, to advance herself mm-hmm. and then not so great things happen to her. Yeah. It's really, most of these, I feel like the, well, yeah, it is most of them because three out of the five uh, focus on kind of punishing men. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, yeah, this first one though, it kicks off by, you know, the goddess punishing a woman for her, mm-hmm. um, like disrespect of her grandmother, disrespect of her, yeah, her vanity. culture, her vanity, yeah. uh, using the goddesses for like, um, personal gain, you know, as an artist, uh, at least it kind of hints at that sort of, um, conversation. Again, we, you know, have many artists throughout time have used, uh, spirituality and sort of the likeness of, of various gods and goddesses in order to create art and, and to depict, um, people in art. But it seems like, yeah, there's a, there's like a special kind of thing to what she's doing that mm-hmm. feels uh, very disrespectful. Yeah. And again, in her painting, her, I mean, her photographs that she does are kind of, um, they're suggestive as well, which I think is part of what, you yeah. know, her grandmother's like upset about. And she's also doing it like, you know, like she's doing the performance as a way to not promote culture, but to promote herself. Yeah. It is her body. Um, and also who the spectators are, right, too. Like the gaze, the audience that mm-hmm. is uh, gazing upon it, predominantly white, her white photographer. Right. Being chosen to like be, have these images be captured by, in this particular way, in a very westernized way as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And a kind of a, yeah, a, I think like a colonial gaze. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it is very interesting in that she's sort of trying to separate herself, though, from it, mm-hmm. too. Yeah. So it's a very odd, you know, it's like she doesn't seem to have actual respect for what she's depicting. No. Uh, so it creates that uh, divide. Um, we yeah. also never see her speaking the language, like speaking right. her native. It's, it's her, a total, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very... Yeah, I would say each of these, these are all little, like, morality plays. They're mm-hmm. very on the nose, but, like, horror can be. Yeah. Uh, so, it was We've just... talked at length about, like, the fucked up morality of horror. Right. Yeah, where it's, like, you do shitty things, but then, like, the punishment that's levied onto you is simultaneously proportionate and disproportionate. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, she did this shitty thing, but does that mean that she, you know, she should have had her hair cut off and, like, be trapped in a painting like you're trapped in a photograph <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 um but i think it sets it up nicely and kind of introduces us to mm-hmm. the the conceit of the show really well and then it kind of moves into at least for the, you said they were played out of they were played in a different order i guess in the filmed version or in the collective in the collective yeah so the way that they're listed on imdb is different from how they are how they are okay um, well how they how they appear in the version that we saw okay well we'll just kind of stick i guess with what we saw just because it flows Mm -hmm. um so if somebody were to go and watch it would make sense or if you've watched it and then listening to us um because i actually the next one i thought was uh I, I liked it wasn't my favorite. I still I'm not sure I have a I have like a tie for favorites, I guess, because this okay. the second section was pretty good because it dealt with, again, one of the conceits of the show is also, um, you know, it's ancient goddesses, modern problems, <laughs> you know, <laughs> so you Love have a, you have a woman or it starts with a man who like wakes up in his house. It's very technologically advanced. His computer like is uh, seems almost sentient mm-hmm. um you know starting showers for him in, in his smart home and telling him about his day and you know all the all this kind of stuff and um fields a phone call from a very outraged woman who this guy is like i mean what do they call it revenge porn or something it's basically i don't know if it's re- i don't know if it's revenge porn because it's not 
like for revenge, but it's definitely without consent. Right. Yeah. So he's running a, you know, they didn't really show what the name of the site was, but it's kind of like a Pornhub type site where he's yeah. posting videos that he films in his house. Pornhub only fans. Exactly. Yeah. With women and, and it's gotten out. And of course it's causing embarrassment to this woman cause he didn't hide her face. Uh, like he hit his own. Um, and so, you know, she, they don't really go into, I mean, it's like, is she cursing him? Right. It's like, she's just, uh, yeah, she must, she has like a tie to this, um, goddess who comes and wreaks her revenge for her. Mm-hmm. So I really enjoyed that segment. Cause again, this is something that we are really, I think struggling with in society. And it's interesting to know and to see it be a, a global problem, Uh, this idea of like, you know, secretly filming and like posting content or posting content that you do make consensually, but you're posting, it's been posted without your consent. Mm -hmm. Uh, And like, what, what do we do about that? Especially in a, in a world where it's so quick to go to, to be spread around Mm -hmm. or if people like it, they rip it off of one site, put it on another site, put it on another site, put it on another site. It's like uncontrollable. Yeah. So it's like I really felt for I felt like in that scene in 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 that segment I was just very like I really feel for this woman you know and what she's going through and like so many women are and they don't there isn't really justice available for no. that um, especially once people have seen it because even if the even if it could be scrubbed from the internet you've still been violated you know and you yeah. still like nothing can take away that other people saw that yeah and the and the cap of it right is that like. I will send it to your family. If you if you That's call the right. police, I will send it to your family. Which, like, I mean, any, like, if it were me, it'd be like, send it to them. I'm still calling the police because right. at least, at, like, because at that point, it's just like, I'm a sexual person. Like, you know, I was engaging in consensual sex, but I did not consent for this. And that's only going to, like you know, the logic of it is that like, that's only going to hurt you buddy. So yeah, that, that did give me pause. Cause I feel like, yeah, that'd be the same answer. It's like, you're extorting me like, yeah. you know, but um, culturally, right. Yeah, like that so... is immense and utter shame. Yeah. And so to see, to see that kind of play out and to like have, to have an idea of where like culturally that comes from and also just like there's fuck boys in every culture, right? Like of course, yeah. There's assholes in every culture. Yeah. Um god, he was hot, but like but see, that's the other thing too. He was like he was like built but not ripped and like still looked soft and even though he was just like massive and I was like, okay, I get it, but like, still very much like I like eyebrow. He had an eyebrow waxing appointment, right? Like he's <laughs> yeah. he's kind of like this. I don't know Samoan Patrick Bateman, <laughs> right? <laughs> Almost, yeah. Um, and like, I kind of thought that he was gonna get it worse. Like, I thought he was actually gonna get his dick cut off. Uh, which I mean, I don't know. There was like cut off at the right time. I mean, haha, they right they, they cut the scene <laughs> at the right time, but. It was just really cool how, like you said, it's men getting punished and to see this as a way of like, you know, a woman basically cursing him and like invoking an ancient, uh, an ancient presence to exact revenge. Yeah. 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 It was a good, it was a really good sequence and again, felt really, um, you know, not modern, but felt very immediate. Yeah, you know, just in the in in what it was discussing. Sure. Um, what was the third one? Do you remember? <sighs> I'm trying to think. Was that the eel? Um, Sina, Sina, and ahi. Tuna. Yeah, it was like Sina and the tuna. Yeah, ahi is a type of tuna, right? But that was like the goddess, oh, yeah. or it was yeah. ahi. That that one kind of confused me a little bit because I was, and again, it's because I I'm not familiar enough with the myth. I think behind it because sure, it's about yeah. like the first coconut tree. So she had like the shirt that said coconut. It was very cerebral. Yes. That one was probably the most cerebral because they were telling a story about like a guy who was kind of like a shapeshifter. He was like a shapeshifting eel creature monster. Yeah. Who was like an eel. It was a man pretending to be a man pretending who was an eel. It was an eel who was pretending pretending to be a man pretending to be a man. To be another man. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was super confused by that one. I'd like to go, I need to like do some research on the myth. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and maybe it would make a little more yeah. sense to me. Because, like, the Cena is the moon, right? Or, like, the moon goddess, I think, is what it was. And she... Um, which is interesting because, like, the word Sinahi is also related to the moon in Chamorro. Um, Sinahi is actually... It's a, it's a type of necklace that uh, um, men wear that or well anyone i guess could wear it but like you see it a lot on men that's made from like a deer bone that's supposed to be the like half moon shape uh and so i was thinking that i'm like oh see so this is these are ways in which like language is also like if what if we were all a part of a collective consciousness yeah and, like our languages are split off in different ways and i'm sorry you're right it was just Sina and tuna Sina. ahi is the other ahi's name. the goddess of fire but it was i got because the ahi and the tuna i think you're right <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but yeah it's like she goes on a tinder date um with a samoan rugby star this says and then mm-hmm. she's she has to fight for her life when confronted by a predator which uh, like was she raped by an eel? Yeah, because it's like she like, she had like a purple haze that like surrounded her, yeah. and it was like breathing it in. I don't. It, I was very confused. Yeah, and I then after he yeah. just like let her hang out while he ate. I don't know. It was very. I was overall a little confused by that one, just because again, I I think yeah. I was lacking the knowledge yeah. of. But you know what, my f- like favorite this is my probably my favorite scene of the whole thing yeah is like she lured him in with hula (laughs) and Mm. then chopped his head off like the thing about this show right is that like it didn't have to be as horrific as it was right but it went like it was very like you were watching a horror thing yeah like it wasn't like i'll admit it it wasn't like burning (laughs) <laughs> where you're trying to like suss out the exist it wasn't all existential horror it was like yeah. legitimate real world horror and then like actual horror movie stuff right yeah 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 especially in this in that sequence yeah. you know is with his like <clears throat> bloody head that she's like holding it was yeah. yeah it was it was it was definitely fun and gave me like old school like monster movie you know you yeah. have like a, a creature creature feature yeah which uh, like moment. again Hula, like any like hula, and just like mesmerizing him. Like, I, I see, I'm all about like using a dance to kill someone, right? So, let's use hula and then cut off his head. Yeah, which you know is interesting because I think there's a, a tale in the I think in India, um. Or I know it's in. I just can't remember if it if it's like part of the Mahabharata or what. But there's like a there's like a man who saves Vishnu. I think. Mm-hmm. Oh man, I'm probably really butchering this. Um, but saves saves one of the gods or goddesses. Mm-hmm. I think it's Vishnu, and uh, is allowed a wish, and his wish is that he would never die. And that anybody, yeah, I think he gets a couple wishes, but it's like, he will never die. He's immortal. And anybody he touches on the top of the head will die. Uh, So, of course, he immediately begins to wreak havoc on the villages uh, with this power. And um, the gods, like, realize they have to do something. So one of them goes down disguised as a beautiful woman and begins dancing for um, this guy. And so good is the dancing that it's like, he's like hypnotized by her and begins to follow all of her movements. And of course she touches the top of her head and he touches the top of his head and drops dead. I love that. Yeah. So it's like these kinds of stories. Again, they echo in other cultures. It It was the enamorata, the, Oh, the Mahabharata, but the, in in Agata Devita, the, uh... (laughs) yes, exactly. I'm sure um, all the Hindu people will appreciate that. (laughs) Yes. Um, but yeah. Yeah. So I, I love that, uh, favorite scene of the whole anthology. Um, also like the head, like rolling around in the truck. <laughs> yeah. I gotta go bury this in mom's backyard. Like, great. Love that. Love that for her. Um, number four. Oh, sorry. Really okay. quick. Here it is. Yeah. Um, Bashma Sora. 
uh, was a demon, actually. He was granted the power to burn up and immediately turn into ashes anyone whose head he touched with his hand. And then he was tricked by Vishnu's female avatar, the enchantress Mohini, to touch himself, uh, to turn himself into ashes. The story that I read that that was from, it was it was just touching, and they yeah. would drop dead, not turn to ashes. But yeah. that's the actual There's story. There's plenty so of people who have touched me that I wish would drop dead. Right. There we go. Exactly. <laughs> um, so this kind of reminds me of that, of yeah. like teasing him into submission through dance is uh again and uh, you know i think that there's like greek mythology like that too yeah. mm-hmm. of there's biblical mythology right. salome yeah. and the dance you know yeah yeah so we again we see the the sort of like echo through which i really i really really love um okay so then the fourth one was the haram what is it harame, harame? I, yes the my second favorite scene <laughs> that was definitely yeah that was up there um no hiyama h I A M A Yama. Uh, that's about yes, like Carrie. You said. <laughs> I know. I was like, can we get like Solomon Islands, Carrie? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so of course I love that. You know, schoolgirl who's like bullied by you know racist uh, microaggression, microaggressive uh, classmates, and the teacher. I think too. You know, yeah. was. Um, oh yeah, you need to apologize to your whole to those classmates, and I was like, no. Yeah, fuck I, you. But like, so. I'm gonna. So the thing about this is that, like, I I remember, and I've talked about this on the show before, but it's like growing up on Guam, the folks, the people who like are the kids from the outer islands and people from the outer islands in general, Chuk Palau, all of that. They are like treated very poor, very badly, yeah. and because of not only class but also race, they're right darker than us they look different their languages are very different from ours i grew up as part of a racial majority so these people were very much in the minority um and so like seeing this girl be made fun of i was like this i i know exactly this story because i've seen it unfold yeah and i've seen it unfold in such a way that i'm just like you know it it really hit me and so to see her um, and again, like you can see like the influences of like, like colorism and also just like anti-black racism, but at the same time, like they're from the Pacific Islands, but they look the way they look in the similar way, not like all the lily white people right. that are around her. Yeah. And so to see her get revenge in this beautiful way where she's like, you know, um, what is the, oh, I wish I wrote it down. It's just like, you know, I, what is it? I could use words, what she says about words. Did you write that down right before she unleashes the centipedes on them? No, I wish I would have, because it was good. Yeah. yeah, there was a lot of really good um, lines in these, in yeah. these uh, films. But, um, yeah. Yeah, I just, yeah, it was just such a, a, a nice little, a moment. And that is something that I was kind of, um, this is more Australian, but like when I would watch that show, Summer Heights High, which was a comedy, but mm-hmm. it dealt with like uh, the racism of like Australians towards uh, people from like Tonga. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And that was a like a subplot of it, which again is problematic as you have like Chris Lilly, who, you know, for all intents and purposes is a white man playing like a teenage Tongan boy. Um, so yeah. the show has its problems, but it did have, you know, real life students and people that were involved that, um, uh, you know, this is a reality for them and a reality for their experience. Yeah. Uh, so it just kind of in watching this, I was like, well, and of course being in America with extreme, you know, racism towards black bodies, it's like, it's still, it's very, um, yeah present uh so this that whole sequence it's like it's very enraging and then again very satisfying when she gets like her revenge and you know causes like kind of an earthquake sort of thing because the the goddess is like from the earth and Mm -hmm. reminds her that that's where she is from and she has this power and yeah it was a nice it was a nice moment (laughs) there's also like it's really because it also similar to carrie right she comes into her blood right yeah she comes into her blood and then from that is able to like finds the courage and confidence to summon up yeah, this power. Yeah, to get in touch with this very feminine power of 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 Mother Earth kind of thing. Um, yeah, I that was definitely probably my second. That it's like tied because I really like that one and I really like the techno one. You know, yeah. with the guy. This the- one was my favorite just because like 
as I watched her, I remember, like, I see a girl's face from, like, yeah. I see a girl's face from being in elementary school and middle yeah. school. Like, I see her face so clearly because she was also, I think she was from Palau. She was either from Palau or Chuk, and she was so smart, but, like, received so much hate from people because of where she was from and how she was darker than everybody yeah. else, didn't look like anybody. Um yeah, and I was like, "Fuck!" I really hope that she's. I hope that she's doing well because um, she deserves it. Yeah. Um, the final story of Ahi, which this one I liked because Ahi was the spe- was the particular goddess that they were focusing on, a goddess of fire, but also mentioned how like this goddess has like versions avatars in other cultures. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was a nice way to kind of sum up this whole, uh, the whole film and the series of mm-hmm. of, of these shorts. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they did a really nice job of like, yeah, contextualizing her as something that is very global. You know, yeah. in a way. Yeah, and so there's is uh, they are a non-binary uh, non-binary teen. And their father, Eli, who is this failed rugby player slash, like, aspiring real estate developer. Yeah. And they're going to basically open up a casino and resort on, like, sacred land. And on their way to get there, Ahi gets picked up. And I, the thing I love is just, like, you know, it's like, oh, where are you from? Like, I'm from everywhere. You know, I've been here, been there. And she's naming all of these different sites that are contested sacred yeah. sites. Uh, Mauna Kea, most most uh, famously, I'm like, okay, I see what we're doing here, and it's like, it's like, have you? It's like, oh, is it hard to find work? It's like, actually, I've never been busier because y'all be trying to fuck, <laughs> y'all be trying to burn down these these sacred lands for uh, for for things. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was a nice comment, and again, this is something that we kind of continue seeing every day. This is a very modern problem. Like, mm-hmm. I think sometimes, you know, we know that there's been a lot of conflict obviously over land in our history. Mm -hmm. Um, but they, they have not stopped. And especially with the ongoing demands and needs of capitalist colonialism, uh, Mm -hmm. you just, you always need more space. You always need to build something new, it seems. And, um, and in this like world of social media, we're always looking for the next, like, coolest place to take a photo at and you know and not actually appreciate the space or being there but just a post that we could afford to go to whatever it is mm-hmm. um so yeah that it wasn't it, it definitely was like i said i i really like the the other two the best but i think this was a good way to wrap up the conversation that was being had. And I don't even think it was, I think it was in a different order, but it made sense to me to put this together as a film to put that last. Yeah. Because the, the final words, right. Are Ahi looking at Eli and saying, what is it that matters to you most? Right. Cause it's like, I protect what matters most. What is it that matters most to you? Yeah. And then Ehi, and then like, is looking back at Eli and they're looking at each other and then it ends there. Yeah. But it's a nice, like, uh, it's a very political statement, right? It's yes. like, Oh, what is it that, what is it that matters to you and protecting this land? Um, which is something that people just don't like the, the thing about these, the, the, uh, the thing about land and, and this modern protests of like development of cultural and ancestral sacred sites is like, this is like modern day. It's just like watching colonialism in unfold right now. And there's many ways that colonialism unfolds, but like in this way, it's just like, we are now prioritizing, we are prioritizing this thing over like the people over people and over history. Right. And when so much has already been taken and like in ways that like now that we are able to fight back, you're wondering why we're not just taking it. And it's like, no, we're able to fight back because we know better because we have the tools. Right. We're able to learn from different movements and things. And so, um, you have that. I mean, again, it brings awareness to the issue. Guam is under similar, similar fights. There's a, there's, um, a place uh, on the northern side of the island called uh, we know it as I know it as Ritidian. The uh, 
Chamorro pronunci- Chamorro pronunciation of the of the areas like Litkitzen and what it is is like it's a sacred area. It's ancestral like sites of like you know where they still see like the stones that the ancient people built and yeah. different places where like they made medicine and all of this stuff and it's like going to be turned into like a military uh, site more militarization yeah Oof. so you know the I encourage everybody to like look at the uh, Save Litkitsan uh, Save Ritidian movement as well as all the other movements that are out there and um Again, if you are someone who has a trip coming up to Hawaii or a Pacific Island, uh, Pacific Island nation with like tourism, like please just, you know, take a moment to like remember your place and what you are doing there, and know that like those spaces, while they may be because of capitalism, are engineered uh, for to accommodate and to be deferential to. Uh, Western, mostly white bodies, like just be also aware that like there, the indigenous people there are the people who are local there are suffering, um, in order for you to have your vacation. Yeah, yeah. Sorry if that I brought you the, down. No, I it doesn't. <laughs> no, bring me, to, oh, I'm right. <laughs> to the, I'm speaking to you, dear listener. <laughs> no, I'm. Our, we have an awesome class of listeners who know yeah. exactly what you're talking about. Um, yeah, there are like requests, like from Hawaiian people, not to visit, not to come there because mm-hmm. of like problems with like jet fuel too. Jet and, fuel um, poisoning the water supply. Yeah. Water's being rationed on certain islands. Yeah. And, ugh. It's, yeah. Yeah. It's awful. Um. Yeah, so I think this is like a really nice um, way to uh, get a whole a whole lot of history yeah. and a whole lot of interesting um, information about these uh, different spiritual and religious uh, beliefs and practices, you know, in an hour. So it was just very cool. I'm really glad that you found that one. Yeah, I'm 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 really glad too. Um, I can't wait to like post this and tag the filmmakers yeah. because hopefully it just shows them that other people are watching it yeah, and it is making its way out there. So yeah, absolutely. Um, And again, through the medium of horror, right? Because the original like Grimm's fairy tales were very horrific. This is a way to also impart wisdom and teaching by uh, scaring the shit out of people. Yeah. And you can see how those things operate in both planes. Cause I can see in watching this, how, you know, these grandmothers could have used these stories to like, you know, keep grandchildren in line mm-hmm. uh, or their own children, obviously. And then grandchildren in line, you can kind of see how they could be scary entities, but how they are also um, having to operate in like protective ways too. Yeah. So mm-hmm. yeah, it was a very, very cool watch. So I highly recommend it, it was only an hour and a few seconds. So, you know, yeah check it out on YouTube. I'll, I'll probably link it in the, in the comments below so that, uh, um, you could find it easily. Yeah. No excuses. <laughs> and again, there's such a lack of Pacific Islander representation in media. So yeah. please so support it, share it, <laughs> support it, share it. Joshua. Thank you again for this time. Thank you to our listeners, Patreon listeners. And until next time, good night. Good night. Fright School is produced by Joshua Napier and Joe Farron. Our intro was edited by Davy Boy Productions. Our logo was designed by Jamie Channel Guzman. Episodes are edited and engineered by Joe Farron. Fright School is produced in terrifyingly beautiful San Diego, California. listening to the Geekscape Network.